1: doctor not a podcast cinema geekly star trek podcast it is chief petty officer anthony lewis and a fleet admiral ben knight this week uh we've once again ben lost a crew member lieutenant commander aurora babaloo uh captured by the baul it's a shame but so
0: yeah it's
1: almost like working Um, in starfleet is really hazardous week by week
0: it is i mean i'm hoping she'll take this as a um useful opportunity to explore and see if she can figure out whether uh, the Biola in some way related to um, what you call it what was his name, the tar monster who killed Tashi. oh
1: god, yeah, oh my god, somebody else had just mentioned him the other day and I can't remember his name and now I'm just going to because all I ever think of now is
0: the Family Guy parody of that
1: Uh, where he's
0: actually a um, teenage kid that's it, yeah
1: from Skin of Evil
0: Either that or that. I don't know, I've never seen Babadook and the Bible in the same room either, so... <laughs> there we go. You know, uh, there's something going on here.
1: Uh, so, Ben and I are here this week to talk about what I thought was going to be the mid-season finale for this show, but turns out, I don't think they're doing one, everybody. They're no. all
0: about subversion, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. Expectation subversion, everyone. It's, I don't think they're having a, a mid-season break. It looks like they're going straight through to the end, so we shall see. I'm British. I like six episodes and then four years to think about them before the next one. <laughs> yes. We need sufficient time to digest these episodes of Star Trek. We can't Absolutely. handle this week-by-week week thing. No, I don't know how they did it a long time ago, Ben, before podcasts existed, where there were 24 weekly episodes without a break. I know. It's how crazy. people digested any of it is beyond me, but... <laughs> we are here to talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 6, The Sounds of Thunder... Uh, And here's what happened. Another red angel signal is received. Uh, This one leads discovery to Saru's homeworld of Kaminar, which, if you watch the Trek short, uh, what was it, the brightest light? Brightest star. The brightest star. The brightest star, which if you didn't watch, wow, they screwed you. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, yeah, if you didn't watch it, because they reference a lot of things that happened in that, I suppose, so...
0: Uh, I can't quite imagine watching this episode without having seen the brightest star, and I know a lot of people will be in that position, so it'll be interesting to hear from people mm-hmm. who haven't
1: they seen re- that. They really, really, really compliment each other, and you should watch mm. it before you watch this episode.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so they go to Kaminar, and Saru reunites with his sister, Serana, who is now a Kelpian priestess. Uh, her father.
0: Do, 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 do.
1: Sorry. Her father, sorry. Uh, their father, is uh, he was culled by the Ba'ul. So, uh, speaking of the Ba'ul, they discover Saru and Michael's presence, uh, forcing Saru and Michael to return to Discovery. Uh, for their part, the Ba'ul demand that Captain Pike surrender Saru to them. It's really important that they do. Uh, Pike refuses, but Saru gives himself up to prevent a battle. But it turns out Saru is not the only one that the Ba'ul have taken. They've also taken Serana as well. And they've taken them to a secret room, a Ba'ul Citadel, where they are confronted by one of these Ba'uls. And they do, in fact, look like a much creepier version of Armis from Skin of Evil. Which, by the way possible that that's where armis came from maybe maybe. i mean i know i know in the show he says that he's like what's left of uh like the horribleness of like a species that was once good but maybe he doesn't look like he'd have great
0: manual dexterity which troubles me about how they got so tech savvy but anyway
1: yeah uh i mean they are like they just do look like gooey drippy tar monsters Mm. uh However, using info... Uh, Okay, where was I at? Okay, they were captured by the Ba'ul and taken to the Ba'ul Citadel thing. Uh, Meanwhile, back on Discovery, using information from the Sphere that they encountered a couple of episodes back, Tilly and Lieutenant Commander Arium discover that the Kelpians were once the uh, dominant prey on Kaminar, and the Ba'ul were the... uh, Actually, hold on. It says the Kelpians were once Keminar's It says dominant prey species, but they were the predators. The Kelpians used to be the predators. The Ba'ul used to be the prey until about 2,300 years ago when the Ba'ul were able to use their technology to kind of overcome the Kelpians and turn the Kelpians into the prey species on the planet. Yeah. Uh all of the all of this leads uh Saru talking to Pike. Uh Saru kind of convinces Pike that the reason and there's been a reason for these red angel signals, or at least an interpreted reason for why they are brought here, and Saru convinces Pike that he believes they were brought to Kaminar uh to essentially enact Saru's plan, which is to use Baul's technology to Disperse the, uh, whatever it is, that wavelength from the sphere Mm -hmm. to trigger the Vahari and all Kelpians on the planet, which would evolve them all into the state, you know, that they were once the dominant predators. Uh, it's like the Kelpian brown note. Yes, they were going to deliver a a very huge planet wide brown note to all (laughs) Kelpians. Uh,. Pike goes along with this. In retaliation, the Ba'ul try to uh, commit genocide on all of the Kelpians. Uh, Before Discovery can try to step in and stop them, the Red Angel appears and renders all Ba'ul technology inoperative. Serana pledges to help her people and find a new peaceful balance with the Ba'ul, saying, among other things, that just because they were once the predator species does not mean that they were... uh, have since been able to overcome those particular characteristics and can live in peaceful coexistence with the bowul instead of having this weird, uh, hunter prey relationship with them. <laughs> uh, and Saru reports to Pike that the red angel is apparently a humanoid wearing a high technology suit. It's
0: S- always a dude in a suit, isn't it?
1: Always is. I, suggested to you, Ben, that maybe it is Riker uh, from that episode where he plays American Gladiators with his dad. Uh, Because, number one, uh, Will Riker, an angel. (laughs) Number two, uh, very clearly dressed in red in that image I sent you.
0: True. True enough.
1: I think that evidence is sufficient enough to, to maybe put that one on lockdown, but... What did you I, think? I've put
0: of... down brooks and put, put money on it. I thought <laughs> maybe it, it was Jason Lee Scott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, there was a touch of that about it as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's definitely a
1: bit of Red Power Ranger going on there. A little bit. Um, yeah, I mean... A crossover that nobody knew they wanted. That nobody wanted. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I... Oh, we're going to get the hate mail from the Power Rangers fans in a minute. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, pff, I don't know. I don't know who it is. Uh, you can easily put together several cogent arguments. Somebody clearly and, and from the future. All of them are as likely as yeah. Riker. Yeah, it is clearly somebody from the future. Um, you, you wait. No, it won't be, of course. But What they're uh, doing
1: is, I don't know, like whether they're doing something on purpose or if they have their own agenda, because uh, that's what Ash Tyler, he suggested mm-hmm. was, you know, maybe this is just a guy with his own agenda.
0: And that's the risk. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I am still not putting out of the realms of possibility that this is um, Iconian technology that's being used. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I also... It would be slightly odd, although not unprecedented in um, Star Trek lore, for there to be, uh, you know, massively powerful um, single uh, antagonists. Yeah. But I, I don't see that for Discovery particularly here because... Um, I mean, one of the theories is that it's Spock uh, from um, different timeline,
1: uh, like Quinto uh, Spock.
0: Well, indeed, that'd actually um, be
1: amazing if that happened. Oh, I would
0: just like you know to what? Say. To hell with how much that would cause outrage in the <laughs> yes. in the Trekverse. I would damn well love that. I kind of um, just want to see it. Yeah, maybe it's <clears> Picard <throat>
1: but, to leave it to lead into this Picard <laughs> series. That's the tie-in. You got old man Picard flying around in an Iron Man suit. He's got a very shapely, slightly feminine
0: body shape, if it is Picard. A little bit, Um <laughs> But, uh, but, but that's, I mean, that's an interesting point. A few people kind of analysing the, um, the physique of uh, um, the Red Angel. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly a lot of things pointing you in the direction of uh, perhaps of it being um, female. But then yeah. Discovery is quite good at misdirection now. They've, they've got a hang of it really yeah. early.
1: Perhaps they're doing um, some sort of brand synergy thing, and this is a tie-in to the new Bioware game Anthem. <laughs> where you wear a, where you wear. You've a just googled,
0: you just googled. You just dudes in red tech suits, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, Actually, no. This so is all it, just it, coming Kobe to my Scott. mind right now. Uh,
1: <laughs> this is all just coming to my mind right now. It's just all yeah. years of useless pop culture knowledge floating around in my brain. But um, okay, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about the show as a as a whole. What what did you think of this week's episode? It, it, I, I was I, I enjoyed it. I mean mm-hmm. well, I tell you what one
0: thing that's bugged me this week, and I'm trying to avoid kind of falling down the, the same sort of hole myself, is that the number of people who've been picking Star Trek uh Discovery apart as if it were um if you like a whole new show with with no uh no history, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. ignoring the history because you know, w- we do hold television to a Far higher standard now, uh, particularly science yep. fiction. I think yep. than you know ever in the course of human history. So when people are saying, you know, I didn't like the fact that you know why did they keep small pockets of Kelpians alive and so on and okay, well if there's only one line that deals with that, which is that this is how you um, reconcile you know your um, murdering of these people, then yeah, uh, here's the thing: go back and watch the original series, and it oh. is tends to be the TOS and TNG fans who really kind of wig out about this go back and watch that and you tell me what percentage of your average weekly plot of those episodes stood up to that sort of scrutiny Yeah, they I mean don't. they didn't um, the movies barely stand up to scrutiny in fact a couple of them simply don't Yeah. Um, I think you've got to remember with this with Doctor Who with well, pretty much yeah any show you hear referenced on the Cinema Geekly Network Um you just got to chill out a little bit mm-hmm. um and okay fine the red angel uh, people will be terribly disappointed if it turns to turns out to be some you know unknown in red suit pursuing solo agenda mm-hmm. because as much as everyone goes oh why don't they do anything original you've got the same number of people on the other side saying are we going to see the origin of um the the borg or the q or you know i don't know mate uh, chill out Um, we'll find out it's fun to speculate isn't it but you know but this thing of uh, the minute of Star Trek fans like the tantrum videos I'm seeing from you know grown ass men older than you and I who are sat in their Mm. bedrooms recording uh, I have to say it tends to be video podcasts Mm. rather than audio podcasts but uh, sat sat in their rooms stamping their feet and having hissy fits like little crybabies
1: about the Mm. fact that you know
0: mate calm down
1: yeah um I mean, look. I've... There's there's like one big thing in this episode that sticks out to me that had I not watched a lot of TOS, like if I was a TNG, I mean I am a TNG kid. Mm. Uh, that's the track I grew up on. I think it's the one that you grew up watching as well.
0: It's the one I I watched voluntarily. mine, right, I grew up watching the series. I then ah, like, chose yes, to yes. watch TNG. Yeah.
1: Yes, uh, but I have seen all of TOS many times. Mm-hmm. And TNG does not really do what happened in this episode, but TOS did it quite a bit, which yeah. the the main scene that I'm speaking of here is uh, Saru talking to Pike and he's like, look, I have zero, <laughs> I have like zero proof of this, but I'm pretty sure that <laughs> the Red Angel wants us to trigger the Vahari and all Kelpians and like evolve them. Basically, he's saying, look, I need your help to completely change the social dynamic of this planet that's been in place for like a thousand years in the snap of a finger, in the blink of an eye. And Pike's like... And after we've just had a discussion about, you know, well, we might have to bend the
0: Prime Directive a little bit, but let's not break it. Yeah, and Pike's like, yeah, okay, let's just do do this. this. Yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. look, they did that a bunch in TOS. Like, they just yeah. went in and interrupt. People were happy on a planet, and Kirk's like, no, you're not really happy. You're not happy until you're America. I mean, the Federation's version of happy, uh, hmm. which is essentially what happened in TOS a lot. It was very, like, uh, kind of like uh, the Federation as America and its moral compass is that's the true compass. It doesn't matter if you're body is inhabited by plant spores that make you feel happy you're not really happy those plant spores are making you feel happy you need to not have those and then do what we tell you to do even though those spores aren't causing you as far as we can tell any health risks or damage they just make you blissful and happy and you live a happy peaceful life but that's wrong we're not going to let you do that you don't get to have that choice we're taking it from you that was very frequent like you know it doesn't matter if you think you're right. What matters is Captain Kirk's morals. Uh, yeah. So I'm okay with Pike just going like, "Yeah, fuck it. Sure, let's just shift the social dynamic of this planet." I, I think-, think we
0: should file. I think we should use some technology that we literally have just found out anything at all about, yeah. and change the um, physiology and in, co- yes. in the course of doing so, cause vast pain to literally every remember spe- member of the <laughs> every species on the Kelpien, yes. Even, yeah. even though um there may be a good reason biologically why they don't all do that immediately and they wait to a certain age before doing it. I mean there's there's all manner of problems with, with There's it.
1: a there's a bunch. But yeah. uh, if you just throw that to the side, if you're just like, well it's kind of shown that it's you know and spock referred to it in tng as cowboy diplomacy like uh it's kind of just accepted that in this time enterprise discovery tos the federation is just rougher around the edges they have way more leeway things just you know because they were staffed by brits and americans and there's one brits and americans now and that's how to build empires that's right it wasn't until No wonder TNG, the Klingons fucking hated him, is it? Really? It wasn't until TNG when there was more diversity and inclusion amongst people on the ships. That uh, was well, the first ship that had a well-being
0: policy. And yes, uh, somebody online said this week: why on Earth, are they not like a, an army of counselors on Discovery? They really need them. <laughs> they
1: could use them. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so you, you, that's the sort of stuff you got to push aside and just. You know, like that's just kind of how it is in this time. You can't think about it through a TNG lens or anything like that. Even DS Nine did a little bit better to help dispel that a little bit. When you're out far away from the Federation, the lines are blurred a little bit more. Um, the ways and means act, as we would say. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with it, but you know, that's because I've watched all this other stuff. I know that that's kind of how it is around this time. Like uh, the rule book sometimes just gets thrown out the window. Uh, that said,
0: one really kind of standout thing for me, I think I've commented on something similar to this before, um, is uh it, it's really I have just realized I think it may have been on um uh, on the Who that we were talking about it, but um the ability to emote when wearing sort of such substantial prosthetics yeah. uh is is impressive. And Saru Doug Jones was um, great, yeah he was phenomenal I mean and he was the source of most of the misdirection for me as well so the whole kind of uh, when he has that standoff on the bridge with Pike and mm-hmm. uh, you know you then start thinking I'm pretty much sure everyone thought something on the same lines which is oh wait the bowler what happens when these guys become evolved warlike people he doesn't have fear he's about to go rogue you know against his captain this isn't just outrage oppression this is mm-hmm. oh shit this is why they're doing it you know um, and it was, almost felt weird that they didn't do that, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that scene um, was played with a level of intensity that I, I just... I'm astonished that they managed that with that sort of prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, it wasn't quite so impressive when it came to his sister. Uh, some of those scenes I thought were were very odd, although I did quite mm-hmm. like the exchange between her and uh, Burnham when they first arrive and, yeah. uh, and so on. I struggled to square the timeline a bit, um, but it may have been that I wasn't paying enough attention in Brightest mm-hmm. Star because the So Saru had been absent for eighteen years yes. between Brightest Star and this. Yes. And um I couldn't quite figure out what would have happened to the people and the population of his village by that point because I, I don't think I'd got in my head a clear timeline of, of the you know, the process until there.
1: how long it takes for the culling and
0: Yeah. That sort of um, thing. Like why wasn't everybody
1: just by gone that. by the time he came back?
0: Yeah, a little bit. I felt a little bit confused by that. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think
1: they clarified any of that stuff particularly.
0: Although, um, did we actually see um, many other people in that village? Cause no, I was kind of not thinking, really. Oh, wait, I maybe so. she just like, went mad and she's just living in the village on her own as a high priest. That's yeah. a nobody. Um, that's uh, possible, they, I mean,
1: they yes. showed a few other Kelpians, but it was mostly just her. that They didn't really introduce a whole lot of other ones in that episode. Anyway, they were just background Kelpians in The Brightest Star, so yeah. Uh, it was mostly just Saru, uh Serana and their, their father. Yes. Uh but this was totally his episode. Uh he carried it. There was a kind of a B plot. It was like two B plots. There was Tilly and uh Arium, Arium uh mm-hmm. working on the 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 sphere data and then there was the very little bit with uh Stamets and Culber which I thought was like some interesting little wrinkles because obviously he says that he doesn't uh Hugh doesn't feel like himself even mm-hmm. though the doctor gave him a clean bill of health but she gave him like a s- stupid clean bill of health like there's like literally nothing wrong with you like there's too much nothing wrong with you. Uh yeah, even your scar is gone. Yeah, so yeah, he, uh, he had um he had a scar On his shoulder, I believe, that he opted to not get uh, cleaned up or removed because Mm -hmm. it's something that had happened to him and a doctor had helped him or saved him. And it was the thing that made him want to become a doctor. So he kept the scars like a reminder or like a tattoo or, you know, a keepsake of some sort of like, you know, what brought you here or something. And the scar is gone when they reassembled him. Yeah, and like just it's adding to his feeling of like I'm not who I am, which is going to be yeah. interesting to see how that affects his relationship with, uh, with Paul, because clearly there's going to be some some stuff to deal with.
0: Yeah, I
1: would imagine. But that's about all the time they spent with them.
0: Yeah, I think um, the Tilly uh, sort of, I guess, yeah, kind of B plot. Was to introduce gradually uh, another member of the bridge crew, mm-hmm. uh, for which all it left me wondering was okay, so what is Aram? Um, obviously, yeah. a cyborg of some sort, but. Uh,
1: like a cybernetic yeah. human? Is she an android of some type?
0: Really don't know. Um, I mean, but a lot like, of people saying that. You know,
1: but Data's supposed to be the first android to serve on a Federation ship, so she exactly. can't be an android? Yeah. Maybe so, uh maybe like uh while well, you continue to opine I'm going to go look up her file on like uh Memory good Alpha. Good idea, and Memory Alpha. I mean
0: uh, she does maybe she's um like the next evolution of the Amazon Echo.
1: Maybe <laughs> she's just like the Okay,
0: okay, Aram. Hang on, that's. Uh, she's con- just this...
1: platforms. Optimized Siri.
0: Yeah, maybe. The, oh, no, come on. That's a bit of a stretch. For the 23rd come on, let's, century. let's not be ridiculous. Not Siri. Crikey. Um, Aaron, please analyze this database and find information regarding this. I think you said you want cinema tickets. Y- y- yeah, Aaron, that, that, that'll do. Cheers. <laughs> yes.
1: uh, by the way, Star com describes Arium as being, quote, a synthetic human hybrid. Ooh. Uh, Ted I don't really Su- know what that means. Ted Sullivan tweeted that she was an alien. Uh, he called her, quote, an augmented alien.
0: Okay. There's a uh, lot of that on the Bridge of Discovery,
1: huh? But then, on uh, that was during After Trek, episode three. During After Trek on episode five, though, she was called an augmented human. So hmm. they don't know what she is. But what we do know is that she is part biological, part she is a cyborg. Yeah,
0: yeah, fair enough. Whether
1: or not she is human or belongs to another species uh, is unknown at this Mm. moment. But she's not an android, so she would not be breaking the data's the first android to serve in Starfleet type deal.
0: And it's different because of the way it's spelled.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any other thoughts on this week's episode, sir?
0: No, as I say, perfectly enjoyable. Um, I, I didn't oddly, even though it, I feel like it was. In I feel like it was probably one of the the better episodes in some ways. Mm. Um, I think it probably bears the least scrutiny, um, yeah. and I think that's probably really just because obviously we've had a reveal of sorts in terms of the uh, Red Angel. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels like you know, was it last season when we talked about? the feeling of um, an episode that feels like having a bit of a breather, even though quite a lot happens in it. I think mm-hmm. that was last season. Um, this felt another, it felt like another one of those. There was yeah. a lot going on, but it felt like a breather and yeah, yeah I can live with that. It felt very Star Trekky. I will say that this mm-hmm. was, this had, a, a, you know, carrying on the, the theme of season two, this felt Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it i'm quite glad we didn't have to i know tilly a lot of people are fans of her and i'm i'm currently actually getting through i can't remember the name of the book is the the latest of the discovery novels which is um tilly's book mm. uh, which is we go all the way back to tilly at school oh, um, school tilly we have indeed we haven't yet bumped into uh her friend from the academy because we're early for that yeah mm. um but uh yeah it's it's finding its feet um I like that we now know that Aram's called Aram, which I'm sure we probably heard before, but yeah. it's nice to actually hear it and go... Oh, over and you're... over and
1: over again so you don't forget it. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit, wasn't it?
0: Um, I don't know. I i'm enjoying it i think Mm -hmm. i think there's a danger of taking it a little too seriously and i i love my favorite criticism of the week which i think this may become a feature on the show is my favorite (laughs) critique of, um and i use the word favorite quite wrongly uh was the guy who said oh this episode felt so camp it's not star trek at all whoa your opinion sir is invalid
1: because it is star i mean wow star trek felt camp um I mean, I don't know how he could even really say that without, <laughs> I mean, did he accidentally watch season two, episode six of the original series or?
0: Oh, you can take your pick. Um...
1: I mean, why well, I know any of them from the original series. Like I, yeah, like this doesn't... I mean, Star
0: Trek is like the compass show in sci-fi.
1: Yeah. And to me, this show doesn't even feel anything close to like older stuff. No. I and mean there's definitely but, way campier sci-fi shows on right now, for sure. I don't I think this oh thing well, if le- you get into comic book
0: world, I mean it all gets Yeah bizarre. You can't but
1: I feel I like mean, this thing I feel like this show is trending more in the opposite direction, honestly, but uh, I
0: I think it's getting the balance right. I think it's striking mm-hmm. a really hard balance between having a slight touch of tongue in cheek humor, mm-hmm. um a relatable degree of uh ideology that um they're not afraid to both appreciate the sort of star trek conventions of ideology mm-hmm. uh, and go back to actually what Gene Roddenberry was talking about which is exploring the fact that that can have a dark side yep. um you know that that was it's not how, it's not where he began but it is where he eventually took the whole thing um and and throwing in the fact that it's a modern tv show where you got to spend the money and things have got to blow up and and all sorts of other shit so yep. um I will say this actually. Whoever did the set for uh, um, the Cepheid home world, I thought was uh, that was a really nice combination of getting some of the. Pro- I suspect the expensive parts of that um, were so well done that you didn't notice them. Yep, and the 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 cheap parts um, were there in a slightly kind of it almost felt like a a nod to the original series. Yes. Yeah, the, how much plastic greenery can you have, yes um, in one scene, but the the whole kind of like the red sands and and everything else was so beautifully done mm-hmm. um, to the point where I looked it up to see if that was actually um you know some sort of weird high concentration of iron in sand somewhere in the world it's not it that was uh, um just a mixture of practical and digital effects yeah uh, but the I really like the fact that we 're not suffering from um You know, somewhere in Nevada effect, as you've got in American sci-fi, or a quarry in Wales, as we have in British Mm sci-fi. You know, you're always going to have that, but I, I really appreciate the fact that they, they could go full CG and they've not. They could Mm -hmm. go practical effects to the point where it looks ridiculous. They are Discovery is about, um, and there you go, keeping with the theme of this episode. It's about balance. Mm -hmm. Um, I they're nailing it more or less.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, for me I really like this episode as well. Uh the four things, I four things that really stuck out. Uh to me I really like the subtle nudges towards the Red Angel reveal thing. Mm. Uh I think they've done a pretty good job of making me really interested in that. I completely completely forgot that Spock is supposed to be a part of this until I saw the preview for next week's <laughs> episode. Uh Honestly, this can... I mean, I hope the performance is good. I hope it wields and winds its way into this. Uh, Because if not, like, so far, I don't need Spock in this story at all.
0: Do you think they're nervous about Spock? Do you think that's why they've left it so late in the... uh,
1: No, I just think this is... I just think this is the classic Spock's a big character, but he's not a Mm. regular character, so they're going to do the slow burn. They're going to do the Mm. slow build to the... Uh, to the reveal which you know that's common i and i get it but I, I i'm really keeping my fingers crossed that he's gonna really add something to this story because right now i'm interested without him like i said i forgot he's involved in any of this uh i like that uh thing number two i really thought the design of the baul was really cool uh it was cre- i mean again i have no idea how a being like that was able to develop the technology that it developed because it just <laughs> looks like big creepy slime monsters but it i mean it looked like something out of a horror movie uh i thought it was a really really cool design um and a really like interesting perform like the actor who per- performed it i thought it was just a really interesting performance in general um and uh it, it
0: did suffer from a touch of the whole kind of mustache twirling I thought. Yeah. Uh, there was far too many of the creepy hand gestures that just that seemed That is a bit... true.
1: Yeah, I mean they really wanted to put over that these guys are very very bad only to get a little bit of the twist reveal that you know, they didn't used to be. They used to be the prey and they just turn the tables and they don't want to ever become prey again.
0: But then uh, you get Burnham's explanation which is so unsatisfactory where she says because uh, Pike says, you know, well, I think it's Pike who says, uh, well, if we if we do this to the Kelpians, You know that they'll come back, and there's a real risk that there's going to be a war and possibly another genocide. But maybe the other way around. Mm -hmm. To which Burnham's response is, "Ah, "It'll take a couple of generations.
1: (laughs) They'll figure (laughs) it out." Oh, that's all right then. And and uh, well, you know, yeah, they'll figure it out in the meantime. Yeah, because we know know, one Kelpian. We know one Kelpian, and he is very nice. I'm sure the rest of them are all exactly like him.
0: He got rid of his ganglia like maybe 24 hours before this, and he's been fine. So, oh, except for that outburst on the.
1: On the bridge. Outside of that anecdotal evidence, I'm sure the rest of it will prove to be worth it. Uh, I loved that they uh, followed up on one of the short tracks. I hope we get a little bit more of that. I thought that was excellent. Uh, And uh, the big one, obviously, was uh, we already mentioned it, but Doug Jones' performance in this episode was stellar. It was Mm. his episode, and he carried it, and he was awesome. Yeah. It's a good episode. So before we give the score, uh, let's thank the good people at Adam Tickets for sponsoring the show. Cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets, or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Actually, you know what, Ben, before we do the score, mm. uh, let's briefly talk about how great the Orville has been this season. Uh, the Orville, I mean, this season has
0: been very good. Mm-hmm. The Oval uh, Season 2, Episode 7, um, uh, which is called something, Deflectors, maybe, I want to say. Anyway, um, oh, God, they fucking nailed it. Um, and it's a two-parter. This is the first part of it. Oh, the uh, two-parter
1: is uh, Identity. Deflectors was the one with uh, uh oh, ex-boyfriend sorry, right. who was attracted to women. That was also a yeah. great episode, I thought. But, it
0: was. I, I I, I, must admit, the first half of it, I thought, oh, God, no, no, no. And then the second half, yeah, nailed it. Uh, yeah, you're quite right. The two parts. What's, what's the first part called?
1: Uh, it's Identity is the okay. part one.
0: So, um, Identity, it, I'm not going to ruin it because I know a lot of people are behind on the Orville, so I'm not going to go kind of full spoiler on it. The show goes uh,
1: completely sideways.
0: It goes epically sideways, and y- you think... I, I don't know, I, again talk about kind of you know, it's a version of expectation there's quite a bit of that in there, a character who I more or less thought was the novelty that got them past the commissioning at Fox turns out to not be that mm-hmm. um, it, it, there is a lot going on here and the, the biggest criticism I've seen of the Orville in the last two or three weeks has been that um, critics love to categorise stuff and they f- they're finding this show harder and harder to categorise. Is it a comedy? It's still got comedy, but that is certainly not the main feature anymore. Mm-hmm. Is it um, sci-fi? Y- yeah, broadly yeah. speaking, in the sense that it's set on a spaceship, so that's that's a tick box you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be about to stray into sci-fi. Um, it it's certainly drama, uh, and there's a little touch of kind of soap opera in there. Yep. It is basically now. Seth Trent, it's... Uh, this episode in particular, I, I think I sent you a message. I sent, I sent a message to a load of people after straight after watching this episode uh, along the lines of, "a uh, holy balls, that was amazing. you yep. got to watch The Orville. Um, I am really excited to see what happens next week. And i say this, if you guys listen to this show every week, uh, watch The Orville before you listen to this show next week because I'm pretty sure that after the second part of this two-parter, I'm going to want to talk about it.
1: Yeah, I was... Stunned when the show went in the direction that it went in, and they went in this direction hard. Mm. Uh, I was oh hell yeah! I was very surprised, and you know the show is a hybrid. I think it was meant early on to be more of a comedy Star Trek. It, It was it was Family Guy in space. The pitch to Fox had to have been Family
0: Guy in space.
1: Yeah, like it's got these comedic elements and pop culture references. And they still have them, but they've been far more expertly placed throughout the show and less haphazardly, which yeah. even in the first season, it wasn't that bad. And by the end of that season, they had gotten better at it already. But yeah. by this season, I feel like they've almost perfected it and they've struck the right balance. Like things don't no longer seem awkward, like a joke well, doesn't the light, seem the co- awkward. Well, the jokes
0: now. are in context now. Um, yes. Whereas in the, the like first when they season... Get, like
1: when they get scanned in this episode and... <laughs> He's like, oh, man, <laughs> we're definitely going to get cancer from this.
0: Yeah, it uh, did look like
1: a cancer-causing scan, didn't it? Yes. I'm with him on that. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but, I mean, like those are few and far between. It's like the the whole show is not littered with jokes. Uh, the whole story they've been doing with uh, Bordis and Clyden going back to the first season mm-hmm. about what they did with their daughter, now son, uh, mm-hmm. and how it has affected their relationship has extended into many episodes and yeah. like Bordis is a changed character as a result, especially if you bring it up to him. Uh, <laughs> it's really like, I, they've just done a really fantastic job. It's not, but the,
0: but this, this episode swerves so hard. Yeah. the, I'm, the I'm... I think more or less penultimate line of this episode, which I'm not going to obviously repeat because people haven't seen it. Yeah. But, um, where a destination is spoken about in the mm-hmm. penultimate line, that is the hardest swerve that this series could have taken. Yeah, I. Uh, that's what places it squarely in the in the realm of Star Trek. Although Alex pointed out, um, and you're you're a fan of scores for film and television, mm-hmm. Alex pointed out how heavily the score of this did not lean on Star Trek. It no, was it did not. It was its own thing. Star Wars. Yeah. no, no. It, it well, had well so I mean, there were Star Wars yes. uh, uh, parallels in it. It was incredible.
1: I guess I guess, by that measure, I was just saying it wasn't it it wasn't relying on Star Trek themes is what I was trying to say, uh, yeah yeah, uh, which sometimes they do in the show to kind of push that nostalgia button, I think a little bit or mm. or at least music that is evocative of Star Trek, but they did not go yeah. that route. They're definitely going more space opera with like the the at least this last episode, but Like I'm, look, I'm not going to be one of those people that jumps on the what's the better Star Trek show, Discovery or Orville? Because to me, they're two different flavors of Star Trek. I know Orville is not Mm -hmm. supposed to be Star Trek, technically speaking, but I think we all obviously know it's you know off brand. It complements it, yeah, it sure does. And it's the you know it's that Roddenberry esque '90s Star Trek flavor. Whereas Discovery is more of the post Roddenberry grittier Deep Space Nine level Star Trek, mixed, of mm-hmm. course, with the new visual aesthetic uh, impressed on us by the the Kelvin verse timeline. <laughs> uh,
0: but do you not a, find the which is a bit of I a mean, mishmash.
1: But yeah, they are two and... very different shows and like i don't i i I just don't feel comfortable comparing them because i think they're both very good Mm -hmm. uh but to me they just feel so different that it's just because they're about a space crew uh doing space stuff and very similar universe types supposedly Mm -hmm. uh but the shows other than that like the shows are vastly different and it would be weird to compare the two of them uh, to me, they're just, you know, as has been said many times, there's many flavors of Star Trek, and these two are definitely different flavors. It's tough to... It's easy to compare two different chocolates. It's very tough to compare a chocolate to a vanilla or, you know, whatever. It's apples and oranges, Ben. I've, I think I've just coined and, that phrase.
0: And this... um i was going to say metaphor but it was a model of a metaphor and a simile it was brought to you by the good
1: people at what's the ticket company <laughs> adam can't... tickets AdamTickets.com. adam
0: tickets <laughs> yeah and it's really easy to compare a ticket place to another ticket place but have you ever compared a ticket place um
1: to a guitar shop no you can't do it you can't do it i mean you can buy tickets <laughs> to go see somebody play guitar but you know <clears throat> that's where the similarities end ben People have already pressed the skip button for the end of this episode, <laughs> haven't they? They haven't heard the score yet, Ben. What What would you oh, give yeah. episode six, "The Sounds of Thunder"?
0: Mercifully brief, uh, three and three quarters.
1: Okay. Uh, I actually went. I went a skosh higher than you. I gave it a four, uh, mm-hmm. but a good episode, everybody, this yeah. week. It's uh, it's lining up to be a pretty good season of Star Trek Discovery, everybody. Uh, all right, so that's a wrap for this week's show, uh, while you're hanging out at the website, viewing Adam tickets or, uh, trying to discern, uh, the best way to, uh, compare one thing to another thing. Uh, (laughs) you can visit the, uh, the archives of this show. It's all there on the website. And, uh, if that's not your thing, you can find us on Apple podcasts, Google play and stitcher. Just search for, I'm a doctor, not a podcast hit subscribe. Hopefully, uh, as soon as we hang up here, Ben is going to go on that rescue mission uh, mm-hmm. To try to rescue Aurora from the Baul ship, and I put a uh, team together. Hopefully, uh, everything. They're taking
0: bug spray. It felt like that was necessary from our scans of uh, what these guys look like. <laughs> Lots yeah, of. It's
1: going to take some. Just take some, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, see, there it guys. So hopefully she'll be back next week uh, when we talk about Star Trek Discovery season two, episode seven. It's called Light and Shadows. <laughs>